0: In the Gemara. We are beginning the sixth parak, the sixth chapter of Misachas Yevamos. And it's a very interesting chapter with a lot of different uh, topics. So the Mishnah starts off as follows. We'll do the Mishnah and just a few lines of the Gemara. The Mishnah says, Haba al If a person does yibum, in the following scenarios, Bain Bishogeg Bain Bemezid whether or not a person does it by mistake. What does it mean, mistake? So Rashi explains mistake means that you didn't realize that this was your sister-in-law. You thought it was somebody else, whether it was your own wife or some other person. You didn't realize that this was your sister-in-law. You didn't realize that you were performing the mitzvah of Yibam. Alternatively, Mibbam you intentionally, you knew that it was your sister-in-law, but you intentionally had sexual relations with her, not for the purpose of doing Yibam, but in your mind you said, this is not for Yibam. But this is just uh, to have uh, sexual relations with your sister-in-law, but not for the purposes of Yibam. Bein ba'ones bein baratsun. Whether you have relations with uh, your sister-in-law under duress, under coercion, uh, or whether it was done willingly, in all these cases, and the Mishnah adds, that even in a case where Nobody, neither the brother-in-law nor the sister-in-law, they have uh, the right mindset. Meaning, he thinks that it's not his sister-in-law, and she thinks uh, she knows that it's uh, her brother-in-law, but she's doing it intentionally for the wrong reasons, not for the purpose of yibam, or the opposite. Who may zivhi shogeges, or he does it. Uh, he knows that it's his sister-in-law, but he does it uh, for the wrong reasons, and or she. And in that same situation where. He does it for the wrong reasons. She doesn't realize that it's a, her brother in law. Or, who whether if he's coerced and she's not, or let's say she's coerced, she's forced into it and he's not, in either of those cases, it's going to work. And the Mishnah then adds a few other cases. How much of the act itself has to be completed? So the Mishnah says, whether one has only begun the act, and the Gemara looks explain what does it mean to begin the act itself? But as long as a person started the act of of having relations, or they finished it, Kana, in all these scenarios, all these different scenarios, it works, it works to complete uh, Yibam. That works to complete Yibam itself. And then the Mishnah continues, ben The Mishnah says, it also has not distinguished between different types of sexual relations. And what that means is that uh, whether it is through the normal act itself or whether it's an abnormal act, a different type of an act, such as uh, anal sexual relations, in any of these situations, it would work. That is what the Mishnah says about Yibam itself. That's the first half of the Mishnah. So just a few points on the first half of the Mishnah and then we'll also uh, discuss the second half of the Mishnah. Point number one is that uh, there is a discussion amongst the commentators, uh, do we require witnesses for yibam? We know that we require witnesses for uh, a halakhic engagement, that we require witnesses for. We also require witnesses for the marriage itself. We require witnesses. Do we, do we require witnesses with regards to yibam? Is that necessary or not? Nes- not necessarily to be inside, but let's say perhaps to be outside uh, but uh, so is that required or not so they want to say someone to say from our Mishnah the fact that we can have such scenarios where nobody has the right intentions in mind it seems to imply at least uh, from these lines of the Mishnah it seems to imply that we do not require witnesses it's not like uh, it is not like marriage or engagement where we do require witnesses by the chuppah we call up two witnesses that would not necessarily be required here to have witnesses at least on the outside that seems to be the implication here. It is a big discussion. There are different proofs, um, but this that would be seems to be the implication from the Mishnah here. That is point number one. Point number two, and we're not going to get into this too much, but point number two is that we had an opinion of Abba Shaul earlier. The opinion of Abba Shaul said that if a person does not have the proper intentions in mind, so then they shouldn't do Yibam. They should just do Chalitza, uh, and that if you if you have the wrong intentions. So then, Abishol says that it's like uh, you're having illicit relations. It's like you're having relations with your sister-in-law in in uh, when it's not allowed, when it's not in the context of Yibam. That a person has to have; it's required for them to have the right intentions. So there's a big discussion: Is this Mishnah against Abishol or not? Uh, does does Abishol hold that if a person has the wrong intentions, that it doesn't work, or does he hold that it does work? Uh, it's just that it's improper. Uh, so that is a big discussion with with significant uh, halachic ramifications because if this Misha is against Abishol, then there's a question of who do we follow? Do we follow the position of Abishol? Abishol essentially says because people don't have the right mindset, nowadays we should do chalitza. That's what Abishol says in the Gemara, that it's better to do chalitza rather than yibam. If if this Misha is arguing on Abishol, so then there's room to say that we do not follow the position of Abishol and it's better to do yibam. This is in fact a dispute between Ashkenazim and Svartim. Ashkenazim say that today we should do Chalitza. It's better to do Chalitza because we're not going to have the right intentions in mind. And Sephardim say that, no, we don't follow the position of Abishol and therefore uh, one ideally should do Yibam. If a person wants to do Yibam, we should let them go ahead and do Yibam. So this has halachic ramifications, whether or not this Mishnah follows the position of Abishol or not. There's also an interesting uh, comment by the Minachas there's a comment that says that in all of these cases that were mentioned in Mishnah, where it's not with the proper intention, uh, in these in these different cases, uh, so he says that it's true. The Mishnah says, "Kana, you are married." The Yibam works in terms of the marriage, but he points out, but it, you have not fulfilled the mitzvah itself. The mitzvah itself needs proper kavana. So you are married, but you have not uh, fulfilled the mitzvah of Yibam. Others disagree with this Menachos khanach, and they say that no. They all are interrelated, that if you are viewed as married, so then you must have fulfilled the mitzvah. But that is that is also an interesting discussion that comes out of these first few lines. When they don't have the right intentions in mind, are they able to fulfill the mitzvah? Does it work? Uh, And perhaps it could work in terms of a marriage, but they have not fulfilled the mitzvah of Yibam. And others disagree and say that no, if it works, it must mean that they also fulfill the mitzvah, even though they did not have intentions to fulfill the mitzvah itself. Okay, that that's some points, different points, with regards to the first half of the Mishnah. The second half of the Mishnah has nothing to do with Yibam, but the point of the second half of the Mishnah is saying the same thing that we discussed in the first half, about the fact that, let's say, you didn't realize it was Bishogi, you didn't realize who you were having relations with, or um, it was done under coercion, under duress, or uh, whether it was the beginning of the act, or the end of the act, or the type of act itself, that has halachic ramifications beyond just yibam. The Mishnah says, <speaking in Hebrew> "When a person has relations with any of the arayas, any of the illicit relationships of, of incest, let's say, or of having relations with um, of uh, of uh, ish, ish, of adultery, opsulos, or the or s- specific types of relationships which are disqualified for marriage. What are those examples? Kegon." A widow is not allowed to marry a Kohen Gadol. A divorcee is not allowed to marry a regular Kohen. And if it's if it's a Chalutza, if it's somebody who did a Chalitza, so then on a rabbinic level, they're not allowed to marry a regular Kohen. Those are some of the cases that apply specifically to Kohanim, or to the Kohen Gadol, to the high priest, that they can't marry a widow. Other cases as well, a, a Jewish man cannot marry a woman who is either a mamzer, she's a mamzer, or uh, a mamzer is, the, is a child from the product of an illicit relationship, and we discussed in the past what type of illicit relationship this applies to, or a nesina. A nesina is, is, is a group of people who uh, converted improperly, and then uh, David, Amal, King David, issued a ban to marry them. Or if it's in the opposite direction, if it's a Jewish woman who's marrying uh, or is attempting to marry a mamzer, or this group of, from the Nasin, all these cases are prohibited. So, psalam, uh the Lochilik ben labia. in all these instances, uh, if they have the type of relations which was already discussed in the first half, i.e., uh, it was under coercion, or it was by accident, or the type of act itself, whether it was the beginning or the end, or whether it was the normal uh, sexual act, or it was an anal sexual act, in all these cases, uh, it will create a prohibition, and it will puzzle them, it will disqualify them from the kuhuna. By the act itself, it then disqualifies them from the kuhuna. Anytime that uh, they have, uh, if they perform an illicit, uh, an act of, of an illicit relationship, that gives them the status of a zona. Uh, of halachically a status of a prostitute, uh, of a zona. It's really not the, the, the proper translation. Might not be prostitute, but it gives them the status of a zona by uh, having a type of relationship which is prohibited by the Torah. Any one of these ways of having this uh, sexual act itself prohibits them from uh, from being part of the kahuna. may uh, ben For all these cases, it doesn't make a difference what type of act of sexual relations it is. Uh, or whether or not uh, the person has the right, uh, uh, if they did it by accident, they didn't realize who it was. In all these cases, it prohibits them from marrying a Kohen. And the Gemara will discuss the proof to all, these, uh, to all of these cases. Okay, that is the end of the Mishnah. The first half of the Mishnah says that this applies to Yibam. The second half of the Mishnah says that applies also when it comes to uh, illicit relationships. Uh, what is necessary uh to create a prohibitive illicit relationship such that it will then possible them to kuhuna, It will posle them uh, and disqualify them from uh, marrying a kohen or from eating from truma. That is the second half of the Mishnah. Let's just read a few lines of the Gemara. My afilu. What does it mean afilu? Going back to the first half of the Mishnah, the Mishnah said whether or not it was done by accident. You, you didn't realize it was your sister-in-law or you, you intentionally had... Uh, in mind, not to fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam, but just to uh, to have sexual relations with your sister-in-law. In all of these cases, it still works. And then it says, Afilu who Shogi V'hi misida. Even in a case where he is Shogig, he does it, uh, doesn't realize it's his sister-in-law, and she uh, does it for the purposes of just having sexual relations, not for the mitzvah. What does it mean, Afilu? What does even, even in these cases? So the Gemara explains, Lomi Bai Kamar, it's telling us, Lomi Bai that The purpose of the mission is to tell us that not only in the first case where one of them at least had the right intentions, whether it was him or her, somebody had the purpose, had in mind to fulfill the mitzvah, even in that case it works, but not only in that case, but even in a case where nobody had in mind to fulfill the mitzvah. Nobody, not him, not her, not the brother-in-law, not the sister-in-law, nobody had a mind to fulfill the mitzvah, it still works. Just the act itself, by performing the act itself, that itself fulfills the kinyin, uh of, of Yibam, perhaps even the mitzvah of Yibam, it fulfills uh, Yibam itself. Even if they didn't have the proper intentions, nobody had the proper intentions in mind. And now we have one last brisa, and then we'll conclude with this. brisa. Tani, Rebchia, Rebchia, taught in a brisa: Afilu, Shneim, Shogin, Shneim, Mazidim, Shneim, Anusim. Even if both The brother-in-law and the sister-in-law, they are mistaken. They don't realize who they're having relations with. Or both of them uh, are intentionally doing it for the wrong reasons, just to have the sexual relations itself, but not for the purposes of Yibam. Or both of them are being forced to do this. It will, in the end, uh, fulfill, it will create uh, the marriage between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law. That works. And the Gemara will... In the coming doth, in the coming page, it will explain why this is true. What is the source for this idea? So this com- concludes the page of uh, fifty-three, Daf Gimel, and we'll continue with the beginning of the sixth parak, the sixth chapter, in next week's recording.